It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, uh, continuing and actually finishing our uh, theme of remakes, uh, which just I just realized means we're moving into October, which is always a fun time. Um, but for oh, my month, favorite. I know, right? For our month of <laughs> September 2019, uh, we've been watching movies that we've seen the original, but haven't seen the movie that has been remade so far. Not been a, an amazing month. Um, I loved The Fly. Corey only kind of liked The Fly. Um, we both hated The Fog. And, uh, well, I don't even remember what the other movie was. We watched something else. Dang it. Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, yeah. which... Which was fine. What's well, not... Yeah, yeah not, not it's not great. It's not, it's not the original, but it's not bad. Um, and now this week we're talking Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Yes. And, um, based... Corey and I had both seen the original back from the 50s. Uh, we didn't see it in the 50s, but we saw it uh, a couple years ago, actually. And um, Corey three. had never seen this one. 53? Well, well oh, we watched it ago. together three years ago. That's the last time I was Correct. home. It was the last time. Wow, man. Mm. Pretty sure. Oh, I'm, it very well could be. Time is a, a construct that I have apparently separated from. Um, That's fine. <laughs> our last episode, we were a little rushed for time, so we weren't able to uh, discuss what we've been watching but we're going to get kind of caught up on what we've seen since the last time we uh, recorded um, and we're able to talk about it. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast, this was started to uh, minimize our viewing history because we have, or I'm sorry, to maximize our viewing history, I guess you could say. Uh, Corey and I have not seen a whole lot of movies. Um, we've seen a lot of movies, but we've also not seen a lot of movies. And this podcast makes us watch something new every week. So we can't fall into that comfort uh, movie rut where you just watch the same thing over and over and over again. Although sometimes when you see a bad movie, like I, the one I saw tonight, it makes you want to go back to some of the, the better movies that you know are good. Because it's just a it's kind of bitter taste in your mouth after a bad movie. Um, but before we do that, we like to uh, also discuss how it's been because we're friends and that's part of the the benefit of doing a podcast Corey, how you been you know uh pretty good i feel like i've been really busy mm. um it's starting to be fall here which is my favorite season october is my favorite month um i don't really drink pumpkin spice lattes oh so I that's do. not it <laughs> um i do love pumpkiny things but um yeah so pretty pumped about you know going into my favorite you know i um i've been watching my carbs i think i've talked about that on the podcast a few times and but more than watching i've been minimizing my carbs no more than like 50 carbs 50 grams of carbs a day and um do you do net carbs yes yeah okay Uh, but um the uh, pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks, I think the, the oh. 16 ounce is like 50 carbs or 55 <gasps> carbs. Does it just like blow your mind? Because mm-hmm. I've been also watching my carbs um, and it's been working pretty good. The only thing that I really miss is the popcorn. Oh, I it's hard. Yeah. Love popcorn. And as much as we go to the movies, I mm-hmm. just love having popcorn in the movies. But um, I like will look at something and I swear that like its whole weight is sugar or yeah. it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is like 20. It's it's 20 grams. And you know what I mean? I don't know. No, it sounds I do. silly. But like you just start realizing it's just ridiculous. Well, So like I that if I had one of those, which I love, mind you, it would kill my whole day. Right. So I have not mm-hmm. had one. But luckily for me, uh, Coffee Mate um, and my local oh. supermarket has a pumpkin spice, sugar-free, uh, which cool. is only one carb per tablespoon. And so I've been able yes. to still have my pumpkin spice coffee just uh, without the Starbucks specialty. Starbucks pumpkin spice is great. Um, I also – I'm dreading. Uh, they already have the Coffee Mate peppermint mocha sugar-free at my local Ooh. supermarket. So I've already stocked up, and they were three for ten this week. So I've got, like, way too many in my refrigerator. Um, but 
you know, I drink a lot of decaf coffee because I, I cut down on my uh, caffeine intake as well. I'm doing everything. I actually was at the doctor today, Corey, and um, I am one point away from not being pre-diabetic anymore. Uh, yes. Yep. So I was, I'm literally like, you have to be below 57 of whatever the thing is called. I'm not a doctor. Um, and I'm at 57. So I'm like nice. one more point down and I am no, no longer pre-diabetic. So uh, this has been a really strong year, 2019, fighting uh, all sorts of things, um, and all, all winning. I'm I'm winning most of that stuff. Uh, the doctor was very like, he's like, you're you're doing great. Just keep it up. I'm like, all right, man. That's what I'm doing. Um, you know, so uh, moving in the the right direction, and it's even with my crazy schedule. Like Tuesdays and Thursdays are are a little long because I I start my day every day at like I'm at work at seven. Um, I usually get off at four, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays I teach two night classes, so I have a class from six thirty to nine thirty, and oh. I made the uh, commitment because I, I work out three days a week right now with my my work schedule and everything. So I leave work at nine thirty and I go right to the gym and I work out until about eleven and then I go home and go to sleep. Um, Holy hell! Yeah, so Tuesdays and Thursdays super long days, um, and I end the day work with a workout. So I'm I'm tired from the workout but i'm also just tired and it, uh you know i sleep pretty well on tuesdays and thursdays uh so that's a bonus but um it's worth it because i i do feel substantially better um just in general like i don't want to like jinx myself but i've also i i hope this happens for you too Corey, because i know you've been sick a lot the last couple of weeks um or like just one time but like for like a couple of weeks and i, I feel yeah yeah and i've i've not been sick for months um and like the couple of times I felt a cold coming on, I've fought it off. And I, I do think it is because of my improved eating habits and health in general. Um, I eat a lot more vegetables now than I ever did in my whole life. I'm pretty sure the last year I've eaten more vegetables than I had previously, period. Like, and I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm being, you know, I, I used to eat a lot of potatoes or rice and like maybe a couple of green beans or whatever. Now it's cauliflower rice, or it's uh, just tons of broccoli. I eat so much broccoli. Um, well, and- have you, like, oh, God, we're going to talk about food because we're both foodies. Um, I love broccoli, too, um, and I like to, uh, like, oh, what is it called? Like, shred fresh Parmesan. Oh. And, like, sprinkle it on top. And also, I'll tell you how my meme makes her green beans because it's my favorite way. Ooh. Uh, French style green beans in like a frying pan on like medium and I use frozen because they last longer and it's just Bill and I um, but I just use a little bit of garlic salt like maybe a tablespoon of olive oil and then probably like three or four tablespoons of white vinegar hmm. sounds really weird but it's very delicious interesting because um, we lots of those you know I was I don't I have not tried French green beans in a long time, but I never mm, liked them when favorite. I was. I, I like the I like the bean bean, but I, I'm willing to give them a try now because again I kind of eat any vegetable now. Like if it's uh, especially if it's not a root vegetable or a very carb heavy vegetable like potatoes, um, I will uh, generally just eat it now, um, because I I need something to eat. You know, I need something I can eat like celery. And I used to hate each other. Ew! I don't like celery yeah. that much. Celery I try. is my best friend right now. Um, I especially like I was using like a cheese, um, the laughing cow, like cheese spread on the celery, which is yeah. good. But I've been, I've slowly been adding, uh, like a healthy natural peanut butter back into my diet. Um, mm-hmm. and so I bought like the Jif to go cups, uh, the, the all natural Jif to go. It's still got a little too much sugar, but not as bad as like the regular peanut butter. And, um, with the celery for lunch, it's just an easy, you know, snack and I, I it fills me up. Uh, I celery and I still fight a little bit because it gets stuck in my teeth and it yes. is a nightmare. Um, I had a piece that I could not get out like all day and it was driving me nuts. Like I finally got home and was able to like floss, and oh man, it was like the best feeling ever. <laughs> it's like get this out of my teeth. Um, sorry, listeners, we don't mean to go on and on about food, but we are, you know, part of uh, when you watch a lot of movies and TV, you gotta start taking care of yourself in other areas because you know you there's a sedentary. sedentary. Yeah, it's 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 part of the process. You know, you're sitting in a theater for two hours. Sometimes, like at a festival, I'm in a theater for like eight to oh. ten hours, um, and so I'm not doing much. I mean, I still every time I've been at like New York festivals, I walk to the theater a lot. I mean, I take the subway, but then it's still like you know a mile of walking there and back, which I guess isn't that much really. But um, 
you, you are sedentary so you got it's important to like be mindful of what you're eating uh when you're doing all this stuff but i did it's my wife's birthday today when we're recording this and so i did have a cupcake um and if Publix is not lying to me their cupcakes are surprisingly like tame uh for being a cupcake you know what i mean like it's like 20 carbs but it's a cupcake so i'm kind of like okay like that could be way worse i was like when i ate it i was like i'm gonna really regret this probably and i still you know i only eat one which is uh, you know the right amount and <laughs> uh yeah but so i did allow myself one to celebrate with her uh today but um you know tomorrow's back to normal 100 percent, nothing there so that's our diet talk listeners but uh <laughs> We'll get into what we've been watching because we are. It is late, and I'm tired, and I'm sure Corey's a little tired too. Um, although it's not quite as late where you are. No, it's eight seventeen here. <laughs> I'm two hours behind. Um, well, I, we've, I've got. A, I'm not going to get into details with any of mine, but I have a lot. So why don't you go ahead and go first, and then I'll go. Okay, so um, I've just been watching my one episode a week that they've been releasing on Shutter of Nosferatu, and. Um, I went to see last week it chapter two. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the first one, but I can't quite put my finger on why. Like, Hmm. I don't really know how to explain it. I think there was just something with the kids. The kids story is just more interesting than the adult story. And I felt like too, that, um, kind of like how, when you're watching stranger things, I mean, in stranger things, those kids really are like BFFs, but I still felt like that, Mm -hmm. you know, with this movie, the first one. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, they're adults here and they've pretty much forgotten. Oh, sorry. Oops. But anyways, they're not kids anymore. And it's, you know, I th- that's what Bill kind of said too, but I don't I don't know. Um, and then this week we went to see Ad Astra, mm. which I really enjoyed. Um, yep, I did too. I'll just put this out there: space movie scared the hell out of me. Um, like, oh my god, um, they're beautiful, but they I oh I don't even know. Um, but I really enjoyed it way to go brad pitt i think this is your year um yeah he's been great in two movies this year um and just super memorable and very different performances yeah um yeah i've been reading a lot i'm gonna tell you about what i'm reading i'm more than halfway through the shining oh i bought the audiobook of the shining Uh, oh yeah is it 27 hours long it's 15 hours long um i have not started it yet so i still have 15 hours to go but who's narrating or who's reading it? i don't know but i had a uh last month or the month yeah i guess it was last month i had to read a book for work and i i didn't have time for that so i bought the audiobook (laughs) and um i forgot to cancel my subscription to the the service that i was using so i got another token and i was like well i might as well use it for uh a book I've wanted to read and so I was torn between it and The Shining um, and I went with The Shining because I do of the, the two I prefer The Shining um, even though I know the movie's not the same as the book I'm a big fan of Kubrick's film and Doctor Sleep is coming out so I thought if I could get power through the book maybe I could try to get the Doctor Sleep audiobook as well um, if I really mm-hmm. like The the Shining um, but we'll see oh, what it is way different than the movie and I still love the movie and I bought my ticket days ago to see it on the first oh that's right um so i love the movie but the book is one bajillion percent different but i'm loving it too yeah i think it's possible to love both um yeah yeah. i'm curious because you know stephen king has been so adamantly against the the beloved film um that i'm curious to see what his is and also i've never read a stephen king book and oh there are some people who really adore him and i just i don't like a lot of the movies so i'm like (laughs) is it is it me and him don't mesh or is it the films that are being adapted that don't mesh because like i'm not a big fan of the recent pet cemetery i didn't like the old one as a kid i think as a kid i was a little bit afraid of it anyways but also i just have memories of it being really like cheesy um i watched it recently it is a little cheesy but i feel like i mean it is what it is yeah and again i know there's people who love the original um but um i did like gerald's game a whole lot. Um, <gasps> so good. Holy hell. 
And uh, right, so that's on Netflix. Yep, and it's uh, I liked it uh, chapter chapter one a lot, um, and I, I like parts of the TV series. I I like realistically I, I like Tim Curry as Pennywise, but um, I love Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I don't think there's enough of him in the second movie. In the second one, not at all. And that's part of the problem I think with the second one. Yep. Um, uh, and th- I don't know. There's some stuff in it, and apparently some of the stuff I really didn't like was in the book too, which is another reason I opted to not read the book. Well, that's like, isn't that book like a thousand pages? Yes. Yeah, it's super long. Like I was getting mixed up because The Shining is long. I think it's like six hundred and forty pages, maybe. And I already bought Doctor Sleep. I'm really trying to power through, but I'm a read. I'm a slow reader, and it comes out November eighth. But I was I kind of wanted to read it, but I got them mixed up, and I was thinking The Shining's like a thousand pages long, and I was really glad that it's not. Well, that's um. Wait, I forgot how we go. Oh, you saw it, chapter two. Is there anything else on your list? Not that I can think of. Sorry, guys. Oh no problem. Let me um, see. What, so what? I'm going back to uh, since we recorded The Fly, so I'm looking back at what I've seen since we watched the or since we talked about The Fly. Oh man, but we would have recorded later that week. So what was the Friday? Hmm. Well, I guess I'll just go through. So I saw Angry Birds two, which I think I might have mentioned. Um, seeking a, a friend for the end of the world with uh, Kira Knightley and Steve Carell, and Hustlers. Oh, yeah. Have I talked about that? Any of those with you? You did talk about Hustlers. Okay, so I've already mentioned those. Uh, then I'll keep going. I then saw Peanut Butter Falcon which I'd been waiting to see and so desperate to see. Um, I really love Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, I want everyone to go watch it. Uh, I've watched Princess Mononoke. That's oh, yeah. That's a Studio Ghibli film. Um, really, one, it's it's of... I've seen now most of uh, Hao Miyazaki's films, and I've got Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, and The Wind Rises or something like that left. Um, Princess Mononoke is crazy violent. Like crazy oh. violent i was real surprised i was like what is happening but it's really really good too uh billy crudup is uh the american um uh, voice dub and you know i i am a fan of crudup uh he gets i've noticed a lot of people hate on him and i see their complaints but for some reason i'm attached to him i think mainly because of rudderless um because i love that movie so much and i love the song so much that i just kind of latched on to him and i'm a fan plus he did sit next to me at jesus the son um like well kind of next to me so maybe i was a little starstruck i don't know but i like crud and i think he's really good in this um who i hate consistently i think almost everything i've seen her in is claire danes and claire danes is the american dub of of it's she's princess mononoke but she's not princess mononoke her her name is actually san but yeah she's so bad i don't get how she keeps getting work like i know you like her but man she's so one-dimensional we love her as Angela Chase. I think that, Might be. you that, know, like pe- I people can't... say the same about Crudup, though. Like people talk a lot of trash about him uh, and that almost famous. I don't know how people don't like him. I enjoy him very much. Um, I don't enjoy Claire Danes, but obviously there's a difference in taste. Um, but uh, I really, really like Princess Monarchy, but I was severely surprised at how violent it was. Um, like people's heads get like just knocked off with arrows. It's insane. Um, I saw Ad Astra. Wow. Ad Astra, as you mentioned, and I just got—I got to say, people, it is a brilliant film. I can totally get why people don't like it, though. Um, it, if it clicks for you, I think it's amazing. And if it does not click for you, you will probably be bored. Um, I did have one of my students who was like, uh, looked at me, and goes, "Did you see Ad Astra?" And I looked at him, and I knew I'm like, he hated it. And I'm like, <laughs> I I loved it. And he's like, you what? I left. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think you're wrong. And maybe one day you'll get it, but it's a it's a brilliant film, and it, it pulls from two awesome uh, older films. Uh, my review for it will be up. I, I kind of think I might have dabbled into some spoilers, but I I just had so many thoughts I couldn't um couldn't not write them. So I watched uh I've been listening to the Blank Check podcast for a while, and I was going through um nor uh, they did Nancy Myers, and I just kind of listened to him. I didn't have time to watch all of the movies, but I after listening to the Something's Got to Give episode. I, I decided I needed to watch it, and it's on Netflix right now. Um, that's Jack Nicholson and uh, Diane Keaton, but it's also got a, a very handsome Keanu Reeves, like maybe the most handsome he's ever been in a movie. Um, Francis McDormand, who I always love. Uh, John Favreau for like five seconds. He's in it like so short, but 
Um, it's really funny. I actually found it to be really, really charming, and uh, I do recommend. I uh, watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and then just tonight, right before recording this, I went and saw Rambo, Last Blood. And I gotta say, I saw, I think I saw Rambo 2, or fr- Rambo First Blood Part 2. I don't, it's it's the worst naming of a sequel ever. Because the first movie's not even Rambo. It's just First Blood. Oh, um, but I think they've retroactively put Rambo in front of it, like they did with Star Wars. Um, well, probably just so it's like franchise. Yeah, but I think I probably saw the first one as a kid. I've recently bought it. I, I wanted to watch it before seeing this one, but I did not get a chance. Um, I, I definitely saw the second one as a kid with my mom. I never saw the third one, never saw the fourth one. So I went into this movie with like minimal knowledge of Rambo. I did read the plot synopsis for each of the films before this one to like at least give me some context. But I still can't imagine any of them being as silly or goofy as some of the action in this movie. And Rambo uh, Last Blood is the epitome of the phrase, kill them till they're dead. Because, like, he literally shoots a dude's head off. Like, it is gone. And then shoots him in the the chest, like, afterwards. (laughs) And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like, and again, I think maybe there's a level of people who could, could, like, latch on to this movie as, like, this fantasy revenge kind of thing but it it does it was man it was real brutal and some of the stuff that happens is off the wall bad like just bad filmmaking some of the the look of the film like anytime someone's driving the 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 green screen separation from the car is so bad um it just it oh it was it was not a good movie in almost any way um and stallone of course i mean he's 73 but man, it, it's time to move into like dramatic, like chill roles. Like in in Creed, he's amazing, you know, because he's playing the right role. He's not, you know, trying to be like action star. Um, here, it's like lumbering Frankenstein, and it's just it's. And that's to be fair. That's a friend of ours uh, who is my muscular doppelganger. Um, I don't know if I should name drop, but you know what I'm talking about. I used to be the also manager at Fye at one point. Blah blah. blah. He was at the movie with me by coincidence, oh, yeah. as we often run into each other at the theater. Um, he uh, he said that he was a lumbering Frankenstein, and I was like, "That's such a great representation of his performance." I'm gonna steal it. So, um, there's the nod of the hat to you, sir. But yeah, uh, I say avoid that movie, um, and I, I don't use that uh, rating lightly. You know what I mean? I don't do a lot of avoid like the plague, but man, there is nothing redeemable about that movie. Um, that said, I think that's all we got for what we've been watching. Let's get into our review of Invasion of the Body Sashers from 1978. But before we hear any comments, we like to go over the stats, the uh, statistics and or maybe not statistics as much as the details, um, the facts, because we like to know who's in it, who directed it, that kind of thing. Man, if IMDb would cooperate, there it is. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. Um... The plot synopsis says, when seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade a small town, replicating the residents one body at a time. Small town? Yeah. That's a bit of a stretch. I would not call that a small town. But directed by Philip Kaufman, uh, stars Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright, Leonard Nimoy, um, Art Hindle, and then it kind of everyone else is just basically extras. Um uh, I had seen this once before. Corey had not. We both watched together the 1950s uh, version of this film, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, this movie has a 75 Metacritic with just 15 reviews and a 7.4 IMDb user score with 47,000 ratings. Um, I was a big fan, and uh, normally uh, Corey and I don't tell each other our thoughts. I don't know if you happen to look at like my rating on Letterboxd before this, but I had given it a 5 stars previously. Um, I really love i love the 50s version um from 1956 uh but this one i i just love donald sutherland in this movie so much and i do i'm a gold bloom fan i love a little bit of goofy's gold gold bloom and he's great here uh leonard nimoy uh very different than his spock portrayal right because he's emotionless in that and here he's like super emotive um but i uh i enjoy this film a lot and watching it a second time uh, was no different, but I'd like to hear your thoughts since this was the first time you got to see it. What'd you think? Um, I have a I 
have a confession to make. Um, <laughs> I have a really bad memory, Uh-oh. and I remember watching this movie, with, well, the original with you, and I remember, like, a couple of scenes, but I don't really remember the whole movie. Oh, okay. I had to read the plot synopsis, and I still didn't remember some of it. But anyway, I remember some of the, like, shots in that movie were absolutely, like, amazing. Um... But, so I'm not going to be able to, like, compare as much yeah. with this movie. Um, I liked it. I felt like it was a little long. I feel like that's just me as a person, usually. Um, yeah, we pick on you I a lot for that. feel like they could have cut a good 10 or 15 minutes from this. Not, like, anything crazy. But I felt like they did a pretty good job with the atmosphere. I really enjoyed the score. But sometimes it just kind of dragged. Not saying, like, every slow moment was whatever, but um, I like Donald Sutherland. I honestly haven't seen him in a lot. Um, He's in Ed Astra. Oh, yeah, and so is, uh, no, just him. I was like, there's somebody else in that movie that I've seen recently that was like, ooh, weird. Um, yeah, but I, I really, I would have to look at his, you know, credits. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that I loved it. Wow. Okay. Um, you're based on your memory. Did you love the '56 one? Um, I think that I enjoyed it. I can't really remember, to be honest. Guys, uh, I'm gonna have Alzheimer's when I get older. I found so. this one to be infinitely uh more scary. I think, um, like atmospherically, especially, but. Even like the noise that the uh, oh, the people make is so creepy. Yeah, and some of the visuals. And uh, I think listeners may know I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright, and uh, the World's End is actually my favorite of the Sean, the the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost trilogy with Edgar Wright. Um, and World's End clearly takes a lot from this movie, um, which I did not know when I had seen World's End because I had not seen this at the time, and uh, it became blatantly obvious which all of Wright's movies are paying homage to other films um other genre films especially but uh even the premise for World's End is so similar to this um not the not the pod part as much as just the replaced people part um but I love the little things in this movie like uh you know where they start seeing people are clearly not themselves and people are like trying like no that's not my wife like the uh the um (gasps) The, the dry long... cleaner, yeah. Yes. I love when he's trying to explain it, and, and Sutherland's just like, what? What are you talking about? Um, even the weird choice to make him part of like the health department, I think, is really interesting, and uh, it plays out pretty well because of that. Yeah, that was something that I was reading about. Um, the first one is that, apparently, I guess, the main character was a psychologist. So, Which they tie that in with Leonard Nimoy's character here. Mm-hmm. Um, even though um, it's debated if he's a good psychologist or not, but he, you know, he is supposed to. Well, be isn't there. he like a, like a television or something? She said he. I thought he said something about being an uh, an audience or something. Well, he's definitely his. He said something about his book that he writes like a book a okay. year kind of thing. Um, for sure, he might have said something about that. Doctor Phil. No yeah. Oh snap! Um, shots fired. <laughs> We're getting sued. Uh. <laughs> Um, That's just what I think of when I think, like, television, you know, or, like, I just work here, I'm new. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, it's fine. Um, but Nimoy, uh, one of the things that I question about Nimoy in the movie is, like, when, he, well, okay, I guess I, we almost went into spoilers without giving warning. Um, I, I, just going spoiler-free for another moment or two, I really enjoy... Um, a lot about the film. I think the uh, the the premise is cool. I think the visuals are really good too. Like when they, uh, when you see the process of the pods, even the opening, which starts with like this weird kind of like space, like gelatin. Um, they look like chromosomes. Yeah, and then they they start floating off, and we see them land on Earth, and the close ups of like the plants with like the goop on it. I had forgotten all of that opening from when I watched it the first time, and so I was really like, like man, how did I forget any of this? This seems so important, and yet I like completely blanked on it but um i i blanked on uh some parts of like when things happen in this movie like i remembered things but i was like i think this is where this happens and then it was like oh no this happens later yeah and um 
and there i can i see what you mean especially the first movie is an hour and 29 minutes i think but it's part of that 50 sci-fi which most 50 sci-fi was b movies um and this one is is in that 70s era both deal a lot with like the idea of you you don't know who you can trust uh the cold war being heavily uh a big part of the cultural context of both films um which is one of the reasons why i find these movies so horrifying because that idea of like it could be anybody anybody could be a, a sleeper agent essentially and you would never know because ultimately it's it's just it's still them just with you know this hive mentality now and uh it's it's scary and it's even just the idea of like conformity and uh, capitalism it's it's all kind of embedded in this idea of uh the body snatcher movies and i i like the first two i did try to watch invasion that stars nicole kidman and daniel craig uh, i did not get far into that movie it is bad um i was just like you know what i don't need to see this so uh <laughs> Um, that is the basic review of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. At this point, we like to talk about whatever we want, so, Corey? Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. Spoilers, you've been warned. So, um, we here at Burke Reviews Movie Club like to uh, really get into it, and I think, Corey the ending of this movie i i really, really <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it yeah it's i mean because, I because somehow somehow veronica cartwright's character nancy uh belichick i guess is how you say her name in the movie um has managed to avoid being turned she's like apparently the last one and she uh she sees matt uh banal banal, banal um who's donald sutherland's character and she reaches out to him to like hey hey you're okay and he's not okay we never see him turn so we don't know at what point we've stopped you know seeing the re like the real him and when he's be had been body snatched and i love that ending um it's so dark and and uh fatalistic in a way because you're you're hoping that he can find a way out and he's so hopeful and optimistic like no we'll beat this we'll figure it out and it's like nope no you won't apparently not everyone's doomed and that is like i think telling of the time period like you know um oh god <laughs> well you can't trust the you know nixon's happened you can't trust the government we don't know who's uh who's out there and who's going to take us over and who's going to conform and fall in line that kind of thing you know i think there's a lot built into that um that can be read into with the film and i man um even like yeah i just really really like that and again what i was almost spoiled earlier was i wonder you don't know when uh leonard nimoy's character david kibner dr david no. kibner, gets turned and i'm like was he always turned because he was kind of a jerk from the beginning you know but it, it it could be that he was just a jerk and then when he's turned he's just like yeah still a jerk um but you know what i mean like cause he dismissed them he was very dismissive he like uh yells at the the woman at like the book signing like leave quiet you know like i mean he's he's never like a nice guy in this movie and so you gotta like is he always him or it would from the time we meet him has he already been replaced well i mean i don't know because there's one point where right when we find out that he has been body snatched mm -hmm. um where he is talking to them and then he leaves and he gets in the car with the other guys and it's the dentist and another guy and he's like i don't know but you need to do it soon so it's like that they yeah. need to you know i don't know um I, mean, I no i keep going well i liked uh how how it, i guess like the I don't know, like the events where it, I'm forgetting her name, Elizabeth. Elizabeth lives with, I don't know if it's her husband or her significant other, but he's a dentist. Mm -hmm. And how it, it like shows they're close and stuff. And then when he, when it's happened to him and she's like following him around town and seeing him like take all these meetings with other people and she just knows that it's not him anymore and she tries to tell uh matthew and he it's like eh, maybe he's just going through something 
and then it's like all these people know that these people in their lives are not who they're supposed to be and i love that scene in the uh laundry in the dry cleaners when he goes to drop off the clothes and he's talking to the woman and then he turns around and he's talking to the you know the husband who is also an owner and he's very adamant this that is not my wife and everyone's just so dismissive of them and Mm -hmm. like the whole time they're just quietly taking over and later on don't don't we see like the husband from the dry cleaner again and he's like oh everything is fine everything's fine now Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean this movie predates uh nightmare on elm street by like six years i think and yet oh shoot it ties and again the 50s version i think it's the same thing when you go to sleep that's when you're taken over um but man it does make you like this movie like you gotta stay awake you gotta stay awake and i, I like that element of it because Ugh. it is so stressful and like you know and i you feel just... like i gotta go to sleep now and i'm like no i can't go to sleep because i'm gonna be turned into a freaking you know that's when they get you yeah also like i think it's funny to see I mean, this might not be the only, oh God, words, guys, I struggle with words. Um, but I was even thinking about in this movie, the other girl, I can't remember her name that we just talked about. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's wife, um, Nancy. Yes. Um, in the movie. She, yeah, in the movie, she figures out, she's like, I've been among them for hours. You just can't show any emotion. And then it's, like, the first thing that I thought about is, like, in The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. where they cover themselves, you know, with rotting walker, and they are able to, like, go unnoticed. It's just, it's, I don't know if it was directly influenced by that, but still, I think it's interesting. The World's End, they do a scene like that, too, where he's like, you know, we just have to be like them, you know, turn off the emotions and stuff. Um and they also do that in Shaun of the Dead, actually, too. Um, oh, yeah. You know, act like a zombie, which is one of my... I love that bit. Uh, but they do that in Dawn of the Dead, as well, to be fair. Um, at one point, they, they are... Maybe it's the dog, I guess, that I'm thinking of in Dawn of the Dead. Where, you know, like... Um, no, I feel like there was something with that, where they, like, traveled through zombies or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired and can't think straight. Um, but I... Uh, I really like Goldblum in this movie because um, he's so like he's so Goldblum. He's like you know a little s- stressed out and spastic. Um, he's oh. angry about everything. He's being you know and uh, I like all I like all of what he's doing. Um, I did find Elizabeth uh, to be a likable character, and it's weird because she comes off like she's going to be the lead character. Yeah. And then Matthew really kind of steps in and takes over the movie. Even like we open with both of them. Um, but like, she's the one who discovers the first plant and like, that's why her husband gets taken. Cause she puts it on his side of the bed. Imagine if she put it on her side of the bed, different movie. Um, and there's clearly like a history with her and Matt, like that. They, they never really give us a hundred percent what their relationship was, but they definitely had like some love interest, maybe a fling at some point. Um, and the scene where she dies in his arms, oh. one is kind of gross, right? Like, yeah, her face is like imploding. Yeah, it's that part's super nasty. Um, I go ahead. I was like, because like she like deflates in his arms. She becomes like a uh, empty sack, and the, the look of terror on his face when that happens was really like just such. Uh, he's such a good actor. Like I totally buy into his his love. I buy into his his revulsion, his fear. I'm I'm just in it with him, and it it makes me like feel those things too. Oh, um, I liked uh, the practical effects in this movie too. Mm-hmm. I love when we like see the body in the mud bath place, which yeah. is owned by Jack and Nancy. Um, and just like watching it, uh, also watching like when they start to fall asleep and their faces kind of get waxy and look like they're peeling, yep. and they're like turning like they're. I don't know what they're you like, would call that. They're their life. becoming husks, I guess, like empty husks, like almost like a cocoon effect. You know, like the insides are being sucked out, it seems, like literally. I don't know why that would be, but that is – some of the rules of the movie don't really make sense. Um, as in, like, for example, the, the mud bath. Like, why is he there? Like, and he's already, like, fully formed, and he doesn't seem to be in pain. 
but when they the scene where the the three of them are getting like turned um with matthew ja uh, jack and elizabeth are getting turned like the things like screaming like a newborn baby oh you know what i'm talking about it's like ah, ah and it's like well the other one wasn't screaming like why what what dictates and then like the tendril wraps around donald, donald sutherland's arm at that one point but the like elizabeth's in like the house so there's no need for the tendril to wrap around i get real nitpicky about rules of horror films uh listeners that's one of the things it's like if you're gonna establish a set of rules for your your lore stick to them and i feel like that's one of the weaknesses in this film is like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um it, it doesn't it's not that it makes no sense it just seems like they they go more for atmosphere or scare rather than consistency with how the uh the transition works and how long it takes you know what i mean like yeah some seem like it went really fast like the her husband like they go to sleep and she wakes up and he's like not only uh turned but he's like disposing of his own like body at that point like, <laughs> um and it's just like wow that was right on it yeah and he's like just cleaning up the glass finally you know and it's like well wait did the flower turn into him is that like i guess that's what we're supposed to take but there's pods like everywhere you know um I do think, I think the 50s version does a better job of, like, establishing that the pods were put there by someone. This just kind of seems like they're just everywhere, like, at this point, like, there's no escaping them, which might be what they're going for, but I think there's, um, the deliberateness. Purpose. Yeah, when it's, like, being, uh, targeted, I, f I think it's, there's a scary feeling to it, and both movies have the scene where they're, like, locked in the office trying to hide, and then, like, the, the, the pod people know they're there, and they come and have, like... A negotiation with them um and i really like those scenes because it's really tense and there is this level of like what if what if the humans are wrong you know like because they're not like they have their memories but they take away our emotions is that okay because like sometimes i wish i had more control of my emotions but I also like to have my emotions. Like, I like to be passionate about things. Like, I like being passionate about films. So not being able to feel that again. But would you know you don't feel that? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's... I'm not saying I, I want to be turned into a, a, a pod person or whatever. But it is interesting that they always kind of come at it with that angle. Like, hey, maybe it's not so bad. You're just like, oh, that seems pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> I just wish I didn't cry when I was mad. But anyway, um... I do love it that Leonard Nimoy's character is like, also, Bill watched about two-thirds of this with me, and he's like, oh, it's Spock. And he's like, I wonder what it felt like to always be attached to that character no matter what you were in. And that's true. But um, yeah. he's like, you can still drive your, your same car, and you can still blah, blah, blah. You just, you know, you'll be more efficient. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and they make a similar yeah, argument in World's End. Um, again, I'm 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 not comparing it as much to the '50s as much as I am to the World's End. I've seen the World's End like Way several more. times. Yeah, like I don't know, six or seven, maybe ten times. I, I love that movie, um, and I love it's it's kind of a spoiler for World's End listener. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> but Simon Pegg, when the uh, the entity or whatever is telling them like, no, here's what we've done. And Simon Pegg's just, like, defiant regardless. Even, like, there's no argument made against it. It's just like, well, F you. I don't want that. Like, I want to be able to be screwed up. I want to be awful. And you're just like, huh. Yeah, you know what? That's kind of that's kind of accurate. Like, it doesn't matter if not, if not being free is more sensible. Being free is still better because you get to be what you are. You know, no one's dictating it, and that's, I think, kind of the message of World's End, and I think, Ooh. in essence, that's the message here as well. And Which, that he, oh. No, I wanted to hear what you ooed. Um, that he said that they are a species that goes to dying planets. They go planet to planet in the solar system and, like, mm -hmm. take over. Yes. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we don't ruin any other plants but i'm just saying like they just whatever you are oh my god and we haven't talked about the dog with the human head oh that part's also really weird 
Like, what happened there? Like, I need explanation because well, the rules be- of this don't make any sense with that. Like, was no. the dog sleeping with the person? Like, here's not- yeah, it. I can't remember his name. Is it Hank or something? But they're the ones who are like playing music in the park. It's the guy with the dog. Okay. And then later on, we see them like sleeping together on the ground, and I think oh. there's like one of those pods there. Okay, that's weird. Um, yeah. I didn't catch any of those little details you caught of, like, seeing them sleeping and stuff, but, man. Um, well, he, like, um, Donald Sutherland's character is, like, running by them, and then he, like, stops, and he's like, I need you guys to wake up or something, and then they don't wake up, and he just keeps running. Huh. But that's what makes Elizabeth end up screaming and gets everybody, like, back on, like, on the chase with them, I think. Well, the dog person combination is pretty freaking creepy so i don't blame her for screaming no although tim burton would elicit a very similar image in mars attacks oh um so you know interesting i wonder if i i it's very possible because mars attacks is based on 50 sci-fi and while this is 70 sci-fi it's based on a 50 sci-fi so it's possible burton pulled from that but um, word and of course it's completely possible it's just you know human head on dog interesting uh visual man's but, best friend yep why not man friend you know one thing <laughs> um yeah i i enjoy this film i think it's very creepy i think the uh the idea of it again if you get past the surface level stuff and just start thinking about the um implications of this being replaced being conformist there's a lot of things you can read into that i find really interesting um i also uh I love the performances. I, I, Elizabeth is big at times. Like she, she's, you know, maybe a little too dramatic at moments, but I still like the performance. Like I don't have any real complaints because I think what's happening makes sense for her to freak out. Um, and when she turns uh, and like pops up right behind him all of a sudden, um, it's that weird kind of like she's naked and you're aware that she's naked and she doesn't care because she's a pod person. So there's no like, there's no shyness. There's no bashfulness that she's you know nude in front of him. Um, and then the whole scene when he starts setting stuff on fire, uh, like he's killing as many of them as he can and they start squealing at him, you know, that re it's so haunting. And that, um, in world's end again, uh, they do like the blue lights come out of their mouth and they have their hand like outstretched to grab their faces. That's what the, the, I feel like that's Wright's kind of take on the re especially at the end when Sutherland reaches out with his hand and starts screaming it reminds me very much of what they do in World's End, except, you know, Wright made his own look and style of it because they're not pod people. They're like, well, they're not robots because there's a whole speech about that. But, you know, what I mean, like, I like I, I like Wright's film so much that I, I the what I see in this film that Wright pulls from, I really also embrace and enjoy. So I've only seen that one time. World's End? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a that's a rewatch to, to happen for sure. Um, I'm I'm itching. I actually might hit up uh, the trilogy here pretty soon because you know Shaun of the Dead is a horror film. Hot Fuzz is an action film, but there's some pretty horrific scenes in that movie. Um, and in in a way, there's a horror vibe to it. But then World's End is horror sci-fi. Um, I guess the whole trilogy is a horror. It's like a horror hybrid. It's uh, horror straight up Shaun of the Dead. Well, horror comedy. Um, they're all comedies as well. Uh, horror action with Hot Fuzz, and then horror um, sci-fi with world's end and again all all buddy comedies uh ultimately but technically Shaun of the dead has got a rom-com vibe uh it's a remarriage plot in, in essence um but it's also a romance a remarriage plot so in a rom-com um where the movie starts off with the couple breaking up and then the whole point of the movie is them to get back together back by the together because uh Shaun of the dead his girlfriend dumps him and then the rest of the movie is him trying to get her back um so remarriage plot even though it's not marriage, it's still the same premise. Uh, we're yeah. studying the rom-com genre in my film one class right now. So. Oh, fun. It is for me. I love rom-coms. And I just showed The Big Sick uh, to my... In fact, <gasps> I didn't mention I watched The Big Sick and uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid with my classes this week and Empire Strikes Back. And we just started Return of the Jedi in my Film 3 Honors class uh, I thought yesterday. you were going to say Empire Records, but... Uh, that was one of my recommended extra credit movies for them recently. Um, Great. They they I, they get three recommendations every week for a, a quarter. They can watch any of the recommendations for that quarter and write a reflection for uh, extra credit points. 
um, they're all movies that like are I, I try to do like one Netflix movie or Prime Hulu something that is a paid subscription but then I'll do like two BTV or Voodoo's uh, free like movies that oh, they nice. have to stream or um, Hoopla which is a, a service that our local library provides um, where they can check like a movie out and watch it on their device so I try to do like one free movie and at least two like paid subscription type movies and then I have movies uh, in my classroom that they can check out through Burkbuster um I feel like you need little plastic laminated cards. Uh, that would be awesome. But I do have uh, one of my uh, – we have a design class that does, like, um, 3D printing and stuff like that. And they made me a Burkbuster sign that sits on top of my bookshelf. Um, oh, my which, God. I need a photo of this. Uh, I, I will take a photo of it, and I'll put it okay. on uh, our, our social media. Um, but before we give our social media information, let's talk uh, rating. I'm going to still stay with must-see for this film. I think this is a classic, and it's a really great example of strong horror sci-fi from the 70s plus great performances and just a fun time overall i think Corey might be a little sour on it compared to me but i am gonna go with not quite golden pony boy which i think is fair i feel like it's still pretty good rating mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I i do agree it does it does there's at least one or two scenes that could be trimmed down a little bit uh, a couple of things feel a little redundant um because there's like the the bathhouse or the the mud bath or whatever the spa like scene of Goldblum almost becoming a plant person, then Goldblum and Elizabeth almost become a plant person, then Goldblum Elizabeth and Matthew almost become a plant. It's like okay, we get it, we get it, guys. We can't go like to sleep. don't fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't need three separate scenes to give us that information, um, and it doesn't necessarily like you could cut well, one of those than- and oh. it would still be powerful. Well, maybe it's the same scene that you're talking about where Matthew's actually outside and he starts falling asleep and there are, like, two pods. Yeah, that's the – well, no, it's all three of them. Because uh, when when oh. Nancy wakes him up, he goes, wake the others, and he runs inside and, like, tries to get them up because it was three pods that were happening. That's So it, like, escalates in that – it's Goldblum as the one at the bathhouse, um, and she saves him. Then it's uh, – Goldblum is sleeping at the house and then Sutherland was going to save Elizabeth and Elizabeth is getting turned with the one outside and that's when he calls the cops and the cops go investigate and there's that whole thing and then he falls asleep outside when Goldblum and it's again so it's like three scenes that are essentially just establishing don't fall asleep and it's like you could trim one out and knock off 10-15 minutes of this movie so again I, I think your assessment of that is fair and those scenes being that like we need, I think, the first one, because the bathhouse scene, I think, is really powerful. I don't know if we need to make Matthew the hero to, to go rescue Elizabeth like that. Like, she, he could just get her. You know, he doesn't have to, like, you know, find her almost turned and then, like, steal her away and that whole thing. But it's fine, too. Again, it's not like it's a bad scene. It does, I don't think it hurts the movie. It's just, it adds something that I don't think it's necessary. Necessary, yeah. But, huh. um, that said, uh, you can, if you like what we're doing, um, rate and review us on whatever podcast service you listen to. Um, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And um, one other thing I want to say, uh, I don't do a lot of music reviews, but uh, Blink-182's new album came out last week. Um, I'm a big Blink-182 fan. I've been since like 10th grade in high school. So for over 20 years, I've been listening to Blink-182, which was kind of crazy uh, when I realized that. And I, I'd love to say I was there from ground one, but I came in at Dude Ranch. Um, but I did learn how to play Damn It in uh, my guitar class uh, back in 10th grade. And I've been a Blink fan ever since. Um, and I, I like every album to some degree. There's some some albums I love more. Uh, this might be in my top three, though. I, I've really latched onto it. Um, I don't know, Corey... I, I don't feel like you're a big Blink fan or even a fan at all. I don't know. What's what's your uh, take on Blink? Uh, like M&M's. The song M&M's? <laughs> yeah. Like one song? Uh, well, I mean, like, I felt like as soon as uh, they released that album with Adam's song, I was just, like, over it. That was their second album. Uh, their second big album. Their fourth overall. Uh, but most people wouldn't count Cheshire or Buddha. Um because See, that, I think the Eminem's is from Cheshire. I think it's when I think they you're were correct, but they they re-released it like... on their live album. Um, oh, uh, that they did a few years later, and that's where I first heard it. I think, but um, because you know, back in the day, you had to buy the albums, and I just never bought Cheshire or Buddha, so I didn't listen to those for a long time. Um, and they're fine. I don't like them as much as uh, Damn It. Plus, Travis doesn't join the band till um, uh, 
Anima of the State, which is where Adam's song shows up. But um, this album's called Nine, and uh, Mark, you know, tra- uh, Tom left the band two albums ago now. Um, aliens. And yeah, because he believes in aliens. Um, and this album, though, uh, according, like, it's weird because I've never noticed this before, but I was, like, on the Google Music, um, Google Play Music, and looking at the album, and I, I noticed that it had, like, uh, you could read about it. I'm trying, I can't even, like, find it right now to, to read what I read earlier. Um, but there was, like, information about the album that I'd never oh. saw. Um, um, and, go ahead. Oh, in Google Play? Yeah. It, yeah, I read that stuff all the time. Uh, I, I, I literally can't get it to pull up right now. Like, I'm clicking on it, and I'm like, how did I do that? I don't even know. Um, I'm if, in the album, and there's nothing for me to read like I did the other day. But I think you have to be playing it. Okay, that's weird. And then you might hear some music, so I apologize. Okay, I guess that. Um, and then if you press at the bottom where it has like the song i think Got it. i know what you mean i totally i read these two yeah but uh so Just i was reading it. this one and um it, you know it says like mark wrote this while he was depressed and they they added some like electronic hip-hop influence i just the songs are super catchy uh and it's it sounds like blink but it also sounds like something slightly new which i i like that i'm not a person who like you have to make the same album over and over again or i don't like you anymore like i i if i like what you're doing i like what you're doing i don't care what what music you're making as long as i enjoy it you know because I, I feel like an artist should be able to change over 20 years right like do we still want him to make the damn it album he's gone through a lot of different things that's one of my complaints about corn um especially the oh. last couple albums it's like you guys are still singing about the same stuff you're like 40. you're like 50 yeah like has nothing ever changed for you like are you still doing the same thing every day or are you just writing the same music because you think that's what people want and i'm sure some fans that is what they want i mean look what happened to metallica people turned on metallica when load and reload came out because it wasn't the same style of music it's like and they called them sellouts which to be fair there's room to put some of those sellout labels on metallica for sure but like incubus is a great example of a band who is just every album is basically like a reinvention of what they are and I don't like every album, but I respect that they do that. You know what I mean? Like, cool. That that's what you felt like doing. All the more power to you that you can do that because, you know, it's hard to to shift style. And people talk trash about Taylor Swift, but you listen to old Taylor Swift stuff. She's very country. Modern Taylor Swift. She's not trying oh, to be country. We can anymore. fight about 1989. Like, I will fight you. Yeah, it's I I like I'm a, I like her new album and uh, Panic at the Disco, which is a band that I only got into because of my daughter. But their last album, my daughter's like, eh, it's okay. I love their new album. Like, I find it, like, I have found as I get older, I enjoy pop music a lot more. Um, because I just, you know, I just need something to make me feel good. And I don't like slow music. So pop music's usually upbeat. It's usually got, like, a positive vibe, even if the, the lyrics are dumb sometimes. Um, and it works. But, like, this Blink album is uh, super upbeat and, like, tempo-wise very upbeat as well. But... Uh, the lyrical content is definitely on a depressed note, um, but it, man, like, it's one of those things where you can see, uh, I will def- use, um, a phrase from, uh, Sing Street, and a band that when, uh, Brendan describes a band you love, Corey, Happy Sad for The Cure, uh, the I cure. think this Blink album is Happy Sad at, it's- at its finest. And I always think of uh, Loser, the movie, where she mm. talks about Everclear, that she likes sad music she can dance to. Mm. Like, I feel like that's the... Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what this album definitely is. And it's ve- you can tell it's very therapeutic for Mark. I mean, one of the songs is uh, literally called On Some Emo Shit. Um, and I think that just kind of sums up, you know, part of the vibe of this album. Uh my favorite song on the album though is i really wish i hated you it has got one of the catchiest oh, choruses man oh it's it's like yeah you hear the heartbreak because it's like you know when you've been I, I don't know what happened i'm assuming his wife or girlfriend or whatever they must have split or something that at least that's the tone of a lot of the songs that's the vibe i get and that it said he was in a depression so that would make sense um but man uh it's just such a good album. I've literally I've listened to it like five times in since Friday, um, like in its entirety. And that's not counting like when I've just played a certain song here and there, uh, and I, I don't do a lot of music. I honestly listen to mostly podcasts. So um, this came out. I was very into. Uh, I've always been into Blink. I got to see them live finally a couple of years ago, 
um, and it was my daughter's third concert. We saw three. We saw Weird Al, Twenty One Pilots, and then um, Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, three different concerts, not one show. Um, that'd be a weird show. That's pretty stacked, and also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. spectrum. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but it was a good summer of concerts for her. Um, and I'm taking her to go see uh, Youngblood on Friday night, who is a British artist that she is a big fan of. Um, I only really know one of his songs, but he covered um, Time in a Bottle for the Hobbs and Shaw movie, the Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw and I love that cover. Um, I recommend that you check that song out, Corey. Uh, to, it's, I think, a what good introduction. Um, Time in a Bottle, which is a... Oh, I think it's a Cat Stevens song? Um, Ew. But uh, Youngblood covered it. Youngblood is spelled not the way you would think. It's Y-U-N-G... I think B-L-U-D? D. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's who we're going to see. He's coming to this very small venue in Orlando. Um, Where? I don't know what it's called because I've never been there. Uh, this is our my first time, and that's um, mainly why I'm going. I wasn't supposed to have to go because um, I, I don't really like going to concerts much anymore because oh I'm getting gosh. old. I know. I just, you know, I don't want to stand in the in the pit area, and then this is a small venue, so there's only going to be a pit <gasps> the area. The Beecham. That's it. Have you been that's there? That's a good venue. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been there. What, I saw. Did it used to be something else? I don't know. I've only been to it when it's been the Beecham, but it's right by the social. I've been to the social. Um, I saw it's, Papa Roach at the social. Um, I love I love the social. Uh, it's like no matter where you stand in that place, you're 20 yeah. feet I, away from the band I, you're singing. I shook uh, Kobe Dick's hand while he was singing at the social because of that very thing. Because you're like always right in front of the stage at the social. Yeah. Um. It, well, I feel like i've only been there one time but it has like an upper level and a floor level we were in the upper level and it was really good sound was really good and we could see well so i think you'll have a good time well i hope so um again i haven't listened to much of his stuff um and that's taylor and i like a lot well we like a lot of the same music and we also like you know she's deviating with like pop stuff i like a lot of pop that she does not like um, but that's all good. That sorry, listeners, for the the weird transition into music there, but I couldn't help it. Um, that we'll we'll wrap the podcast up here. Thanks for listening. Please, again, as I already said, rate and review us. Follow us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, the last thing I gotta say though is we're moving into our new month. Um, our theme for October is going to be uh, horror anthologies. Um, because there's a couple of big ones that I'm just missing. And we've done horror for two years in a row. So we had to deviate somehow. But it's October. So we got to do something horror. So we're doing horror anthologies. That's my favorite genre. In this order. Uh, we're going to be watching Creepshow. Cat's Eye. Trick or Treat. And then brand new this year, uh, Nightmare Cinema. Um, and that's a recommendation from Big Tuna. So hopefully he did not trick us. Uh, <laughs> into... I don't know. He's When he's like suggested movies to us, I feel like he's done you know like things that no. i feel like he suggested to both of us i think yeah the only time he's ever given us a bad movie to watch is on purpose uh when we knew it was coming um boo to Medea halloween will forever haunt my nightmares um, also i want to say that creep show and cat's eye are both stephen king or based off of stephen king oh uh, i didn't know that about creep show i knew that about cat's eye because drew barrymore oh. cat's eye right Hold on. Yes. Let me tell you about Creepshow real fast, guys, because this is one of my favorite movies, and I'm sorry that I'm making this longer, but it's George A. Romero and Stephen King. Yeah, I knew Romero's attachment, which is why I, it was on my must-see finally list, because that's, that's one I've never seen, Corey's seen many times. I've never seen Trick or Treat. Um, I had debated VHS, which I think I'll still watch next month, because I think I got I VHS. Should. But how, I should. So they have VHS 2 and VHS Viral on uh, Shutter, I think. But I was having a hard time finding VHS. I think I bought VHS streaming. at FYE last time I was there. Okay. Um, because it was like on sale. Because they, their stuff's always on sale at FYE. If you find it's not always what you want, but there's always something on sale. They had a weird. I think it might have been because of Pet Cemetery that they had like horror oh. movies on sale or something. Um, but I snagged that, and I got uh, Creep Show and Trick or Treat. I think all on DVD for. Less than 12 bucks, I think, for the three of them. Heck um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so 
that's our October, uh, which next time you hear us, we'll be talking about Creepshow, which I just realized. Um, I'm going to have to watch that pretty soon. And that's exciting because I've been wanting to watch it since I bought it, but I've been waiting. Um, but we've got a couple more months left of this year and uh, our next two themes I'm, I'm always hyped for. Um, we'll get into those later, but our next episode we'll be talking about Creepshow. So find it, watch it, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You can reach out to us, again, our social media or anchor.fm. Leave us a message, a literal voicemail that could appear on an episode. Uh, so until next time, folks, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.